last week our uh, wilderness message series. So uh, today we move forward and uh, we got some some stuff. We got you know Father's Day is coming up. You do remember that, right? Father's Day is not that far away. Warning to all. And uh, anyway, here's here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, today is going to be a Saturday Night Live uh, day where we just take a piece of culture and and uh, look at it and, and try to see you know what's the message behind it for culture and. And in contrast, of course, what's what's the gospel message in the midst of that? Uh, and uh, so today, it's uh, the topic is uh, restoring our passion from hibernation is the topic for today, and you'll see why when you see the clip. Uh, Father's Day, we're going to talk about dads and, and a passion for parenting, and then uh, we'll have another Saturday night uh, Saturday night live uh, uh, Sunday uh, too. We got some kids graduating around here, right? And uh, so we need to get them to get a passion for what God wants in their life. We'll be talking about that too. So that's kind of a layout. You get a theme kind of for at least the month. We're going to talk about just uh, igniting our, our passions. So to kind of kick, kick it off today is uh, going from hibernation to passion. Let's watch us Saturday Night Live uh, for a minute. Yep, that's the one. Are you sick again? I'm sorry, honey. I guess I can look forward to another month of this. Not anymore. You don't have to suffer through cold and flu season this year. Thanks to Hibernol. Huh? Other flu medicines let you sleep for 8 or 10 hours. Hibernol lets you sleep through the entire flu season, usually between (laughs) 2 and 3 months. You can't buy stronger medication in this country. Unlike other medicines, which contain small doses of mild sedatives, Hibernol contains a powerful narcotic. And plenty of it. Hibernol lets you sleep and sleep and sleep and sleep. While you sleep, living off stored body fat, the cold runs its course. And in fact, other colds and flus may come and go, but you won't even know it because you're out cold. Month after month after month, nature works its healing magic. All right. Yeah, no, we don't want to watch that one. That would not be good. So just kind of, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, the next one is the Chippendale thing. I don't know if you're Saturday Night Live thing. But anyway, we won't go there this morning. There's too much to talk about culture there. Uh, we don't have enough time. Uh, but anyway... Yeah, uh, you know, thinking about uh, about the about the clip there, you know, I mean, the cold season, the flu season, you know, challenges coming up, difficulties entering into your life, things begin to get overwhelming. What's the answer? Well, I'll just go into hibernation. Things get tough, things get challenging, opportunities get too overwhelming. Whatever it is, the answer is well, just take a break, step back, and go into hibernation. This morning, uh, I want to talk to you because. I think there is a cold flu season that's uh, hit the church. And it's that our passion for God as a church has gone into hibernation. 
that our real zeal, our real passion for making a difference for Jesus Christ in the world has gone into hibernation. And we need to recover the passion that God wants us to have. And He wants you to live a passionate life for Him. He wants you to live a passionate life. I can prove it to you. If you go into Matthew uh, 22, Jesus is approached by a, a kind of a young whippersnapper trying to test him a little bit, asking him some question, questions, and he asks him an important commandment. Uh, Jesus answers saying, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and most important commandment. With how much? All. See that there? All-consuming. Absolutely everything. And another way to hear it is through the, uh, the translation called the message, the paraphrase called the message. The message uh, gives us Matthew 22 this way. It says, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your passion. See that? With all your passion and prayer and intelligence. This is the most important and first on any list. You know, what's Jesus trying to tell us? Look, God wants us to live passionate lives. Just lives that are filled with passion and zeal for extending His, his kingdom. We go, we go back into the book of Acts and we see how those folks were uh, right after Jesus rose from the dead. And they lived with such incredible passion. I mean... They were, they were getting thrown in jail. They were being brought up in charges. Now, I'm not suggesting we're getting thrown in jail and brought up in charges, but you got to admit they lived with some passion, right? Miracles were happening. Things were changing. 3,000 people saved in one day, came to faith in Christ in one day. They lived with this incredible passion for extending the kingdom of God. God wants us to be those kind of people. To be people who are really passionate about our faith. Uh, I can prove it to you again if you look at Colossians 3. This is from the Apostle Paul. Paul says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. You see that? And in the previous, that word heart was translated passion. Right? It look, all. All your energy. All your zeal. God wants us to live lives that are so focused and dedicated that they just shine out passionately. Now, we do that in other places. We see that in other places in our culture, right? Of course, we're watching uh, sporting events, and you can pick the sporting event. It doesn't really matter. You can pick the sporting event, and every time when the camera pans the crowd, of course, out there in the crowd, there is at least one, two, five, eight or so, right? Guys out there, or other two, I guess. Folks out there in the crowd, and they're really passionate about their team. How can you tell? Well, they're usually painted. You know, they got horns on them. They got you know, all the paraphernalia. I mean, there is no mistaking that these people are incredible fans. You've seen those guys in the crowd? Or you can go to concerts. You can go to, uh, you know, musical concerts. And, you know, the crowd's there and the stadium's full. And, and there's this group of people right up by the stage. And they're all pressing against each other to try to get closer and closer and closer to the artist. And anybody that would, would have the opportunity to, to, to touch the fringe of his jeans or, you know, they're just enthralled.
appalled and passionate about the experience of this particular artist. See, we see in our culture and other places where we get passionate. But when we look at the church today, do we see the same passion? Do we see the same zeal that's out there? Do we see the same excitement about what's going on and what we know? It's a choice for us to make. If you go to Romans 12, it says, uh, from Paul, it says, Never give up. Eagerly follow the Holy Spirit and serve the Lord. Notice he says, never give up. It's part of our will, right? It's, it's part of our choice. It's not, what, it's not something, zeal and passion for the Lord isn't something that's just automatic. So you get baptized and all of a sudden you live everything with zeal and passion for the Lord. No, it comes from our ongoing working at discipline and choices and our experience of God in everyday life. It has to be part of what we bring into the experience of our faith. And the temptation for us is to be like the Saturday Night Live clip. To let all of the challenges that life brings, to let things get in the way for us, to let the blue and cold season take over and take our passion for God and move it to the sidelines, move it into a place of hibernation. I want to encourage you this morning to take this morning as a time to just kind of look at your faith walk, to look at your life and the way you're living your life with Christ and to rediscover or, or heighten the passion you have for being one of God's own children. The passion you have for being one who belongs to Jesus Christ. And as I do that, what I want to give you this morning is kind of the hibernation formula. You noticed in the clip, uh, the guy was overwhelmed by the flu and cold season, so all he had to do was take hibernol, right? A pretty big slug, uh, hibernol, but nevertheless, uh, all he had to do was take the formula, right? Well, there's things out there that, that, that get into our lives and they, they crowd out our passion for the gospel, and so I want to share with you this morning some things that, that can get into your life and they can crowd out the passion you have uh, for the gospel. First of all, the hibernation formula is if you let your life get unbalanced, if you have an unbalanced uh, schedule. That means that you, you let your life, your spiritual life or your involvement in the church get too overwhelming. You're just doing too much. You just let your life get too overwhelmed by always doing something. And you need to get a balance back in your life where you step back and say, no, wait a minute, I'm just spread too thin. I need to find that place where I can serve. And on the other side of that is if you are underworked, if you're not involved enough, if you're not engaged enough in the life of the church, then you get underworked in the kingdom and you get boredom. If you look at the psalmist, the psalmist would advise us this way. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. See, what he's describing is a balance in life, right? There, absolutely, there's 
energy and work and effort for us to do, but that needs to be balanced with rest. And the same in terms of our life in the church, our, our experience of being a, a people in the kingdom is absolutely there's stuff for us to, do, us to do. We'll see that. Things for us to get totally involved in and passionate about, but we can't do everything. We need to find those places that, that God wants us to be involved and give that our whole passion and not try to be everything. There's a, an old church rule that uh, I would prefer that the church... Uh, get rid of in our life. And the old church rule uh, goes like this. Um, 80% of everything that happens in the church is done by 20% of the people. Ever heard that rule? Yes, I see some shaking heads and some smiling faces. Those are all the 20% people, by the way, saying, yeah, I'm the one, I've been doing it, right? I know, I know, yeah. But, I mean, that's... Where did that come from? I mean... Did you hear that anywhere in the gospel? Did you hear that anywhere in the scripture where God comes to his church and says, look, I've laid out everything for you. I've given up my son for you. I've laid my life out for you. And so 80% of you, you can just go into hibernation. And 20%, no, you guys, you got to work extra hard. I mean, it's just not there, right? It shouldn't be there. And so to the 20% of you, to the 20% of you this morning, I think God is telling you, you need to back off. You need to get balanced in your life. If you feel like you're one of the 20% and you're just doing too much, you probably are. And it's okay for you this morning to say, look, I need to get balance in my passion, in my spiritual life, and I need to step back and find those places where I can just totally invest myself but not feel like I have to do absolutely everything. Now, to the other 80%, if you're sitting there this morning, you feel like you're one of the 80%, well, guess what? Time to get busy. Time to get busy. And if you don't want to hear that from me, let me, let, me uh, let James tell you that. James says this way, Faith that doesn't lead us to do good deeds is all alone and dead. What he's saying, look, if you're part of the 80% out there, if you're not engaged in advancing the kingdom of God, if you don't have a passion for accomplishing what God puts you in this world to accomplish, then you're living a dead life. you got to wake up. It's time to step up. Time to step out. You are wasting the life and the opportunity that God gave you. There's a, a quote from uh, Will Rogers. Remember Will Rogers? You're old enough to remember Will Rogers. Will Rogers says, even when you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. Make sense? Yeah, I mean, you may think you got some great gifts and stuff, but if you don't use them, if you don't employ them in advancing the kingdom, <sighs> see, if you're part of the 80%, you're going to lose your passion if you just don't invest, get involved, begin using your talent, do something. We lose our passion because of burnout or we lose our passion because of boredom. As you look at your life this morning and how you're advancing the kingdom and the passion that God wants you to have, you need to, need to get, get yourself so we're all the 100% who are passionate about using what we have for God's glory. And that's the next, uh, the next uh, step. 
in the formula is if you've got unused talents, if you've got unused talents, you're not using the talents God has given you, then your passion gets diminished. Uh, let's get it out this way. First Peter 4 says, each of you, how many? Each of you, does that qualify everybody in the room? Okay, if you're an each, I think you are, each of you has been blessed with one of God's many wonderful gifts to be used in the service of others. So, use your gift well. What did he just tell you? You've got some great gifts that God chose for you. And God chose them for you because he wants you to use them. You've got some incredible gifts that God chose just for you to be employed in the advancement and the passion of his kingdom. But you have to use them. You need further evidence? Go to uh, 2 Timothy. It says there, So I ask you to make full use of the gift that God give you, gave you. How much use are you supposed to make of it? Full use. See that? Make full use of the gift God has given you. There was a commercial uh, some years ago that uh, the Peace Corps put out. Uh, the commercial said, it doesn't matter how long you live if you're not doing anything with your life. Make sense? It doesn't matter how long you have on this earth if you're not using the talents and the gifts that God has poured into you. And I can tell you, when you employ those gifts, when you get involved, you start using the gift God has given you, your passion will rise. I am absolutely always amazed and humbled when I go into experiences, whether it's you know visiting somebody in the hospital or you know going to home where there's a there's a challenge going on or you know wherever it is that God takes me. And man, before I go into those doors, I'm always praying hard and saying, God, you know, just use me, whatever way you need to use me. Just make this a you moment, not a me moment. Just use me, right? I can't tell you how exhilarating it is when you come back out of that experience and you know that God just used you. It is awesome. When you come out of whatever that experience is and you know when you walk out the door that God did an incredible thing just because you are willing to walk in the door and say, God, use me. You walk out from that experience and your passion is reignited because you know God can use even you. It is awesome. You need to begin using, discovering whatever talent it is that God has placed in you. And when you begin using that and you see how God begins to use you, your passion gets reignited. The next thing that takes us into hibernation uh, is uh, the next two, actually, are kind of difficult ones for us. But one thing that can move us in that cold and flu season and move us into that, that season of hibernation is if we've got some unconfessed weaknesses, if we've got some, some burdens that we're carrying with us that we just, just won't let go of. When you have those burdens, it, it robs you of your passion. It, it weighs upon you. The psalmist in Psalm 38 says this way, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I am bowed down and brought very low. 
all day long I go about mourning. Now, how does it work? Well, we don't walk around all day saying, man, I am sinful. Oh, I am so bad. I am such a sinful person. I mean, we don't do that. What we do is we rationalize things, right? If, if there's a burden or a sin that's in our life, well, then we just kind of rationalize that. and We kind of place it over on the side somewhere. And we think because we've got it rationalized and placed over on the side that somehow it's not going to influence us anymore. When the truth is, the Bible would have us see that when you're carrying that weight, that weight gets heavier and heavier and it pushes down and out your passion. The weight of something that you're carrying in your life that, that you're just unwilling to let God carry, it pushes the passion into hibernation. When you let go of the weight, then you experience the freedom that lifts your passion back up. You ever been out in a storm and, and uh, you know, it starts raining, you're out in a picnic or something and it starts raining, and so you take the blanket that you used for the picnic and you throw it over the top of you, and of course, before you're done, the blanket is absolutely soaked. You had that And it just weighs upon you, doesn't it? I mean, you started out with this great picnic, going to have a great day, and, and then the storms came, and the blanket, not and you wait. That's the way it is. It just, it just weighs on you. And what does it feel like when you rip that blanket off, and you set it aside, and you're able to straighten up, and you feel that, that refreshment? You see, that's what it is. If you've got some things in your life that you're just carrying that are so heavy, they're going to weigh you down and they're going to weigh down your passion. John says, but if we confess our sins to God, he can always be trusted to forgive us and take our sins away. Our passion gets reignited when our, our life with God gets restored. And the second one is similar to it. It's unresolved conflicts. If you're carrying around some unresolved conflicts in your relationships, it's going to weigh against your passion. I can prove it to the husbands and wives, at least, in the room. How many of you have the experience, you don't need to raise your hands, but you've had the experience where you wake up and, uh, you know, it's a beautiful sunny day and you're excited about the day. You know, you got some really great stuff waiting for you. So you're looking forward to getting off and you're going to have an awesome day and you're feeling really good about the day. And, you know, you have breakfast, you feel good, you're dressed good, you're looking good, everything's good. And then you start heading for the door. And right before you get to the door, your spouse says something that is an issue. And you spend the next few minutes in conflict. And you walk out the door still in conflict. I see husbands and wives are bumping each other right now, saying, yeah, you do that to me. Now, how do you feel the rest of the day? I mean, you started out saying, yeah, this could be a great day. It's going to be an awesome day. It's sunny. It's bright. It's good. I feel good. I'm looking good. And then you have that conflict. And the rest of the day, the conflict keeps creeping into the day, doesn't it? The words said, the feelings that you had, the anger that was expressed, it just keeps creeping into the day. And your excitement over the day gets pushed to the side. When you have unresolved conflicts in your life, your passion gets diminished. We can look at Scripture. It says in Job 5, 
Surely resentment destroys the fool and jealousy kills the simple. Or you can go to Job 18. It says there, You who tear yourself to pieces in your anger, is the earth to be abandoned for your sake? What do you do? What does anger do to you? Tear yourself to pieces. See, your passion is going to be diminished if you've got conflicts that are unresolved. It's just like hibernation. You're going to say, oh, it's cold and flu season. I've got those conflicts. I'm just, I want to ignore those. And you can put your passion into hibernation. What you need to do is just forgive. You just, just forgive. See, don't spend your time on the conflict trying to prove they're right and they're wrong. That's just continuing the conflict. What you need to do is look at them the same way God looked at you this morning on that day when you got up and said, this is going to be a great day for God. You need to just look at them the way God looked at you and said, look, even though you've lived life in so many wrong ways, I love you nevertheless, and I forgive you. You need to look at whoever it is you're contemplating with, and you just look at them with the same eyes and say, look, I, it's not about who's right, who's wrong. I just forgive you. I'm not going to carry it anymore. I'm not going to deal with the con I'm going to be exactly what God wants me to be. I am too passionate about the kingdom of God to let this weigh my passion down. And just forgive. Just forgive. Just like God did with you. He just chose to be passionate about you and forgive you. Next one. Unsupported life. If you don't hang out with other Christians, it's going to be difficult for you to maintain your passion. Uh, Ecclesiastes says, It is better to have a partner than go it alone. Share the work, share the wealth, and if one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, tough. That's pretty clear, isn't it? <laughs> I just like that word. I mean, tough. But, I mean, isn't that it? See, you're going to hear from me. You've heard it before. You're going to hear it today. You're going to hear it over and over again, Christchurch. Keep you need to surround yourself with passionate Christians. You've got to get in a small group. That's where it happens. When we surround ourselves with those other folks who share the passion, then our passion is fed and encouraged and strengthened. When we surround ourselves with, with other Christians who are on fire for Christ, then our passion gets fed and encouraged and strengthened. You need to surround yourself with other people. Get people around you who support you. God understands that. Hebrews says we should keep on encouraging each other to be thoughtful and do helpful things. Some people have gotten out of the habit of meeting for worship, but we must not do that. We should keep on encouraging each other. Your passion gets fed when you surround yourself with Christ-like people. Uh, last one. With that, you need to make sure you just your spirit. If you have an unfed spirit, you're going to move into hibernation in your passion. Every day, we're going to face cold and cold. We're going to face the challenges. And as we face those challenges, we need our passion. To keep our passion, we need to keep God feeding us his passion.
Psalm 107 says, Be wise. Remember. Be wise. Remember this and think about the kindness of the Lord. Who are you supposed to think of? The kindness of the Lord. See, if you want your passion restored, then just think about how passionate God is about you. God is so passionate every day when you wake up. God is so passionate about you that he took his son, Jesus Christ, and let him be nailed to a cross. He is so passionate about you that he is willing to lift any burden in your life. He is so incredibly passionate about you that he will let nothing stand in the way of bringing you his love and his grace and his goodness. Just wise and remember. Remember how passionate God is about you. It's simple. That's the passion formula. It's a formula that the church knew in the very beginning. They were so excited about God because they knew the incredible gift of Jesus Christ. Don't go into hibernation. Don't let the cold and flu season move you into hibernation. But restore your passion because you remember how passionate God is about you. Let's pray this morning. Father, we come to you this morning and we know there are lots of things that can overwhelm our lives and get us in, just in that hibernation mode that we can forget. We can forget how passionate you are about us. Everything that you have accomplished for us and the dreams you have for us. Father, did we did pray this morning that uh, you would just be with us to restore that passion. If we're part of those 20%, help us to use our gifts and use our talents passionately, but not spread ourselves so thin that we get burned out. And if we're part of the 80%, help us this morning to just make that new commitment, to make that, that new commitment to discover that talent and gift and use it and be used by you and experience the awesomeness of having you in our lives in that passionate way. Father, we know that as Christ Church moves forward, we need... We need everyone. We need everyone to be passionate, to make a difference in this world for your kingdom. We ask this morning, help us to renew that passion. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Wilderness. And the world is going to try to get a hold of them and drown them in the Nile. And you've got to give them that strength and that power to stand up to Pharaoh. You've got to give them that faithfulness that says throughout their whole life, the most important thing I can do with my life is serve Jesus Christ. You have got a gift. Make sure before the day is done that you take the courage step to stand up and say, it's more important today that I be faithful and share my faith. Make sure that you trust God more and you take that step and you Put your children in God's hands first. Make sure you take that step today and you say you're going to trust God more and you're going to let God use you today to bring into your child's life Jesus Christ. Because they will face a wilderness and the only thing that will help them endure is the gift you can give them. 
It says, for Moses, when he was old enough, she took him to the king's daughter who adopted him and she named him Moses because she said, I pulled him out of the water. You see, the day came for Moses' mother when she had to let go. That day comes, Mom. That day comes when you've got to just let go. Let go. And the only thing you can do is trust and know that you surrounded them with everything you could possibly surround them with. You brought into their life everything you could possibly bring them and that you brought them the most valuable person to ever live, Jesus Christ. We see it happen later on in this last one. We see it happen later on when Paul is writing to a young guy named Timothy. It's in 2 Timothy. It says, I also remember the genuine faith of your mother Eunice. Your grandmother Lois had the same sort of faith. And I am sure that you have it as well. How could Paul be sure of that? I mean, how could he be sure that Timothy had that kind of faith? He was sure because he knew Eunice and he knew Lois. And he knew they would want their child to have everything. And the most important thing, faith in Jesus Christ. George Washington once said, I owe everything I am to my mother. Moses could have said, I owe that I am to my mother. Moms, what will your child say when they're in the wilderness? Give them the gift. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We ask that you would bring your wisdom and your blessing upon every woman in this room today. Uh, And we know that you have great things for each woman to do. We pray that you would soften hearts, that you would open up their eyes and give them a willingness to step into the lives of other children and uh, especially for the moms, that they could just surround their kids with with everything that they can bring and, and especially the most important thing. Help them to share that good news. Help them to to share from their heart about why Christ is so important to them and and, and to tell them how Jesus rescued them when they were in the wilderness and to share with them what it means to be forgiven, to be renewed in faith. Father, we pray today, be with each woman here. Raise her up to be a woman of courage and strength that she could stand before the darkness and before the world and say, you will not take this generation and you will not take my child. They will live for Jesus Christ and they will make a difference. Raise up every moment today, Father, that they can stand for you and be faithful. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.